0: Hi, I'm Sam Medina, and you can catch me on Mile 22, Venom, Elite Battle Angel, and you are listening to Inside Your Head with Nasty Neal. Thank you, guys.
1: And I never asked to grow up, so please don't make me do it. I wasn't meant to grow up.
2: Welcome to Inside Your Head. This is Nasty Neal, and I'm joined by actor, writer, and musician Mark Hawes, who is currently in Little, which is out in theaters right now. It's very cool to have you here.
0: Hey, thank you, Neil. It's very nice to be here. Cool. So how did you get involved in Little? Oh, man. Uh, well, I mean, you know, as an actor, your job is a lot of the time is auditioning. Um, and so, you know, for... Uh, this it was it was you know a specific audition I had and uh and then it was like a month later when I was literally in the middle of nowhere up in Malibu with no cell phone reception I got a text from my agent and he was just like hey uh we, we need to talk and I was like oh okay this seems serious he knew that I was on like vacation so I was like oh what's going on you know <laughs> and so like I had to walk and I was just lucky I got a text uh, I had to walk for like about I don't know about a mile, so I finally had a spot where I could actually call him, and we spoke on the phone. He's like, "Hey, just wanted to say congratulations, you booked a movie," you know. And I was like, "Oh, and like you know, I had just finished um, a Chinese uh, film back in the like this would have been this would have been in uh, June of last year when he gave me the call, and I just finished just wrapped right about the end of April, beginning of May, and I and I kind of thought at first he was talking about that film and you know, you have auditions and self tapes and things and you just do them and you forget about them. And so I kind of stood there for a second. And I was like, okay. And then I was like, wait, what? And he goes, yeah, this is going to be down in uh, Atlanta, uh, film location, in Atlanta with the uh, Will Packer uh, uh, productions. Uh, and uh, he did straight out of Compton and girls trip, you know? And I was, and he's like, and then it's, it's got uh, Issa Rae and Regina Hall in it. And, and it's universal pictures. And I, and I was like, what? whoa stop. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> you know? Um, And so it was like that moment where I just kind of stood there and I was just like, oh, wow, this this is a real (laughs) movie, (laughs) you know, like like big time. Um, And so uh, so that was really how how I got started in it, you know, Um, and then it would have been in July when when everything was was set to start this when they start filming in July.
2: So, yeah. So I before we get to the movie there about the audition process for movies in general. Yeah. You seem you seem like a positive guy. Is it hard to stay uh positive if you don't, you know if you do a lot of auditions and you don't always uh, get the roles?
0: You know, um I would say it's probably like I'm trying to think statistic wise. I would say 95% are, you know, auditions where it's an it's a no. Mm-hmm. And then it's like the 5% where it's like, yeah, you got it. Um, and, uh, it's just, it's just trying to stay positive and trying to persevere. And, you know, when you go into that room, you have to go in thinking, you know, a room or even a self tape. Cause you know, I feel like a lot of things have now gravitated towards, we don't necessarily need to have the actor currently here.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: you know, we can, we can ask them to, to put themselves on tape and send it off. And, you know, um, that's a different, uh, that's a different story entirely, but you know, if we want, we'll talk about that in a second, but you know, going into the room, it's you, you get in there and you get in front of these people and you have an opportunity. You know, they're all opportunities. And and uh, sometimes you can spend a lot of time on the, the script and the sides that you're given, um, you know, just trying. And you, and you just don't know what they're looking for, you know. And you go in and you just have to go, you know what, I did the best I could do today. I feel good about it. And you leave it like that you know i i've seen people where they go in and they'll they'll do auditions and then they'll fixate and focus on them and not hear anything and then i think subconsciously it starts to drain on them and get into their psyche and you know and yeah i mean i think actors have to know i think it's important when you're first coming out here and starting it's almost never about you it's about yeah i mean it is about you but it's almost never like you you can't let it affect you in that way so it's like uh, maybe you're a few feet too tall from the other person that they're looking to cast you across them, you know, and you, you can't change that. Like they could stand in an Apple box all day, but you know, they don't want to do that, you know? And so like, it's, it's, it's just staying positive. It's just knowing, you know what, I did the best that I could do. And hopefully they, they saw that in me and they want to call me back in. And I think the neat thing is, is that you just never know um, mm. what might transpire from those auditions. You know, you go in there and there might be someone who's casting another role and they haven't even thought about it yet, you know, mm-hmm. like, Oh God, you know, he might be really good for this. You know, mm-hmm. let's, let's get a hold of his agents and call him back in for that. You know, and that might be two months later. Uh, mm-hmm. and you just, and you just don't know. Yeah. You
2: know, for, uh, for the auditions, like you said, that uh, either you're sending a tape, you send in a tape. T- is that easier or harder since you don't have like immediate response to what you're doing?
0: <laughs> That's a really good question. Um, you know, sometimes it's, I don't know. I, I kind of love and hate self-tapes, you know? Um, Cause I think what happens is, is that there's a lot of the time, there's no pressure, um, you know, in terms of like, Ooh, like, I mean, yeah, you, you do get, you, you know, you like, you get a little bit, like, I like to say, uh, I've always had this thing. I like to always say, it's like, you get nerves, like nervousness, but like, I always call it like nervous energy and it's like things that basically just like help like jump your performance uh, up to the next level you know, and like, I always would do that when I, cause before I was an actor out here, I would do a lot of uh, theater and musicals and stuff. And so like, we always use and ride that nervous stage energy, as I would say. Um, I feel like for self tapes, because it's just you staring at an iPad and often with the reader. And, you know, I'll give a shout out to my, to my girlfriend here who, who I unfortunately always subject her to my self-tapes constantly. You know, I'm like, hey, you want to do this? She's like, oh, we just did one. I was like, I know. I know. You know, and so she's always standing behind, being a trooper behind the, the camera, like reading for me, you know, all the time. And she just rolls her eyes and she smiles and, you know, and, and grins and bears it. But, like, the thing is, is that you are your own worst critic, and so, like, you might do a take, and you might be like, ah, oh, I didn't like the way I looked there, or you know, sometimes you have nothing to focus on, so you have to pretend you're talking to the person, uh, you know. And so, like, oh, I didn't like that, and oh, and then all of a sudden, was, what would have you know been an in-person audition probably no more than fifteen minutes at the most, you know, with redirection becomes like this, like sometimes an hour and a half if you get so into your head about like oh, I don't know if this is good, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so, like, it's a whole it's a whole nother level of of like, and the thing, you know, it's a whole other level of, is this good or not? I, I you know, and then eventually you just get to a point where you're like, I ah, sure. Okay. I think this is good. I'm going to send this one. And then you're over it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, some, and then the, and I often find the ones that you care the least about or the ones that you were like, ah, okay. You know, there was one line. I don't even know really how to deliver this. And all of a sudden those tend to be the ones that they're like, boom. Okay. <laughs> hey, we like that. I was like, Oh really? You know? Um, so it, it is, though, I feel like being in a room is probably the best scenario because you have immediate feedback and they can redirect you if there needs to be a redirection. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. with self-tapes, you don't get that. So you kind of have to go like, okay, cool, here's my best interpretation of this role. And if you guys are interested, either you'll let me know and you know, we can do another self-tape or you know, I can hop on a plane and fly somewhere if need be and you know do like previous round callbacks and other things. So, but I, I, definitely think in the person auditions are, are the best, but self-tape is just the way of today. Now, you know, it's just so mm-hmm. much easier. It's so much more accessible. You know, you can't always, you can't be in every place at the same time and they're casting all over the place. You know, Atlanta is a huge mm-hmm. hub right now, uh, for, for film, film and television. So they're casting out of there almost all the time.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, so you're in Atlanta. You're not, uh, in the West Actually, Coast.
0: no, I'm, I, 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 I I'm actually in Los Angeles. I, oh, okay. I I live I live in Los Angeles. Oh, I, I just, see. I so you could travel have, back and forth, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So you know, like if you need to hop on a plane and fly to Atlanta for a callback or an audition, if they're doing it there, you know, because that that's just where they go uh, for things, you know. So yeah, I, I'm in Los Angeles, uh, but I have I have some I have some guys uh, some some of my reps are, are located in Atlanta. So you know, so I'm so we we, we quite frequently do the. The three-hour time difference, you know. <laughs> right,
2: right, yeah, yeah. I'm on, I'm on, I'm way on the east coast. I'm in Massachusetts. So. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: Okay, yeah. which is which is closer to where I, I grew up. I grew up in New York. So. Oh okay.
2: Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, when did you move out? Like, uh, did you move out to become an actor?
0: You know, I uh, I moved out to to be yes to to do the acting thing in in L A and. <clears throat> So I, uh, I originally I grew up in a, a really little small town called Messina, New York. Way, 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 way upstate. And it's not even upstate New York, because upstate New York, people think Albany from the city. But it's like as far north as you can go before you're in Canada. And everyone then also says Buffalo. And it's like, no, it's not Buffalo. <laughs> it's like five hours diagonally north above Buffalo. So it's like as far as you can go, right across from Cornwall, you know, Ontario. And uh, Messina, New York is where I grew up, a little tiny town when I say tiny, I mean, at the time when I was there, I had about 10,000 people, which mm. isn't super, super tiny, but, you know, it was one of those things. I, I lived there. I grew up there. I did my undergraduate degree there uh, at SUNY Potsdam, and then it was the Crane School of Music, and so my undergraduate degree is in music education, uh, concentration in voice. And so I was a high school music teacher for, for three years in the public schools in New York. Um, and then in 2011 there were lots of major budget cuts coming through and I had always loved acting. I had always done much. I had done a lot of community theater. I had done so much theater, so much musical theater. I had done some regional theater, you know, with across from some Broadway actors. And, you know, so that was the thing that I would always do. Like I would love teaching, but then I'd really love acting. And so I was like, you know what? here's an opportunity for me to go back and get my master's. Um, and I was like, I'm going to look and I'm going to do my, I want to get a master's in acting. Like I've, I've done so much of it on stage, but I've never truly like learned acting. Like I've learned by doing, which I think is sometimes some of the best things to do. Um, you know, but I, but I really wanted it to be, you know, give me some finesse and some things. And so, you know, I looked around and I found, uh, the Birmingham school of acting in England, um, and you know, I didn't, when I auditioned for them, I thought in a million years, I was like, I'm not going to get into an acting school in England. Right. You know, like I had, I had, I had trouble enough trying to get into acting schools here in the U S. Like I would go for like master's auditions and they'd be and like, no one here in the U S was even interested or remotely interested in me because they're like, well, your, your background's in music. It wasn't in acting. Why would you yeah. want to get a master's in acting? And I was like, well, why not? I mean, I've done so much of it, you know, but like, they just couldn't get to like, none of the schools here. Like I auditioned, I had 30 some odd grad schools for, for acting and just none of them could grasp the concept of if you didn't do it as your undergraduate degree, why would you want to do it as your master's? And I was like, well, it's kind of the same thing. But I think that was the thing that was most amazing about England and the way that they view their, uh, their, the way they teach their actors. And so they, Specifically and especially the Birmingham School of Acting, which has now been changed to the Royal Birmingham Conservatoire. That's their new name. Mm-hmm. Uh, as of like a couple of years ago, it's it's been um, been cleaned, so it's now royal. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and like th- their their idea and ideology were we want someone who, we, of course, they'd want someone who's studied acting, but we want someone who uh, who has different backgrounds, because all those different backgrounds you can bring into your personal experiences as an actor, and you can rely upon those. And they're just not like, oh, I'm just fabricating these things. You're like, no, 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 I, I really lived that. I, I knew what it was like to be a music teacher, to work with you know, students and you know to conduct a choir and all those things. And so I was able to bring all that aspect into it. Um, and uh, and so like that's I think that was one of the, the most amazing things about, about their different ideologies than I found the American schools. And then it was 2013 would have been when I auditioned in New York and LA and LA was the furthest thing from my mind Neil like I you know I thought like I don't want to go to LA it's, it's full of fake people and you know right. I, I didn't really want to I wasn't even thinking of film and television I was thinking you know the theater aspect and, <laughs> you know musical theater and and don't get me wrong LA is still definitely full of those people I just mentioned you know there is but it's 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 the people that you choose to hang out with and the people that you gravitate towards that make it your home. And, you know, and so I did a showcase in LA and got some feedback from, from an agent and I was like, I guess I should maybe make that trip out there. So my dad and I literally got in my mini Cooper <laughs> <laughs> and drove from New, like the, the tip-est point of New York state all the way down to essentially the bottom part of California. Uh-huh. Um, and we did that, he did that trip and, uh, that was back in 2013 and I haven't looked back since. So, yeah.
2: so your dad drove you out there. So he was, uh, I assume always supportive and you wanted to uh, pursue acting.
0: Yeah. You know, I think that's one of the, the really, the really nice things is that my parents have, have always been, uh, super supportive. And, um, you know, I think that's, I think it's important because I think a lot of people sometimes just don't understand why people would want to change their job or, or give up on something that's making them a lot of money. And like, and when I say a lot of money, I don't mean like, you know, teaching makes a lot of mm-hmm. money because unfortunately it doesn't, it, it should make a lot more, yeah. um, especially based on, you know, the, what, what you do with the kids, and not every day and everything, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, but I, to I, living I with benefits plenty. and stuff. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You right. have care and, you know, mm-hmm. and, 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 and a pension at the end. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, um, all of those things. And, you know, so I was very fortunate to have parents that were supportive of, of me and, you know, and helping me do this. And, you know, of course they're, they're along for the ride too, you know, like they're like, well, yeah, I mean, if you want to do it and you, you can do it and you can support yourself and, you know, we love you. And I think, I think that's super important. And, you know, you will have friends and family, um, you know, even close friends like doubt you along the way. Uh, you know, be like, well, I, I just don't, I don't understand why you want to do that. And, uh, I, you know, I can't ever really tell you the reason why I wanted to do this. I just knew it. I just knew somewhere deep down inside I loved acting for, for some insane reason. I loved playing people that wasn't always myself. Mm-hmm. I loved putting on, you know, a facade and, and getting to become a different character. Um, and I just knew that it was something I wanted to do um and i think yeah i think it's it's definitely important to have those those close knit people also i think it's important to have people in your life that won't hold back and sugarcoat things for you you know mm-hmm. like you, you don't you don't want if 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 you really are in, struggling as an actor and, and you, you don't want everyone to be like, no, no you're so great you're so great when when really it's like you know what maybe maybe you should go take a class or maybe you should go you know work with these people or or learn a little bit more here or you know, maybe acting just isn't for you, you know, cause it's not for everyone. It definitely is not. It's, you know, it, it's a job that, you know, it's a lot of hours with very little pay. And then when you finally get pay, that's, you hope that it makes <laughs> up for the hours that you spent doing it, you know? Right. Um, it, so like, I mean, constantly, like even, you know, today, we were able to schedule this time to, to talk and this is awesome. But you know, like after this, it's like, I got to check emails. I got to respond to things. <laughs> I got to look at like over, you know, audition sides and, and plan out how I'm going to get there by a certain time and not get stuck in traffic and miss this, you know, opportunity. And Mm. yeah, so there's, there's lots of things.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, when you said that, uh, you know, first you didn't think, you know, that you would do movies, or TV, it was more theater. Was it because you went to the theater a lot as a kid or was it just because that was your background and that was what was around in your area?
0: You know, I think. Uh, I mean, when I was little, I had seen lots of movies, and and I really liked movies. And mm-hmm. In fact, like two of my favorite movies, I think when I was little, one is Short Circuit. I love That's that movie. movie. Uh, yeah. I love that movie, and I even love to, even though it's got a cheesy freeze frame at the end where they jump up and freeze. You know, like, <laughs> but he's, but he's, but he's cladded in gold. Come on, uh-huh. like you know, I'm like, I love Johnny Five. Um, and, uh, I always, I always wanted that robot. I always wanted that robot when I was little, I was like, man, I want that robot so much. Um, that one in batteries, not included was another one too, you know, some, some 80s films there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I loved, you know, cause like, it was like the, also again, robots and like sci-fi and little alien things. So like I loved that stuff. Um, but I think what, I think probably what sparked the interest, you know, and, and I have to, I have to blame it on my mom. It was like, I was probably like 10 years old and, you know, up in the scene of New York, uh, the high school would always put on a musical. And it was like the thing that was like the big thing that everyone talked about every year. It's like, Ooh, who's, who's in the musical? What musical are they doing? And the very first one I ever saw was Annie um, and uh, the musical. And, you know, I, I had no idea what I was about to go see. You know, I had no idea that I was about to walk in there and, I had no idea what, what, what stage was, you know, like a stage or sitting and watching the curtain open. Like, you know, I'd only seen film and television at that point because, you know, with the TV add-on and soap mm-hmm. operas and stuff at the time, you know. But sitting there and watching these, these actors up on stage, and like they were high school students, but to me, like, they were big-time actors, you know. Watching them do this and being amazed at it and, like, constant, like, the whole time I was sitting on the edge of my seat, like, just totally entranced. And my mom leaned over to me and she goes, hey, you know what? That could be you someday and like it never dawned on me um until that moment when she said that i was like really <laughs> you know and so i think i think that's probably like how it started that that little seed at that moment was planted um and uh and so like theater was just was what i grew up loving because that was like the my first i was so you know, amazed by it. And of course, you know, when I got to the high school, I got into those plays, you know, I got in, uh, you know, I, I did, I did the musicals and my, my senior year I was Mr. Bumble and Oliver, Um, you know, and, uh, and I think also it also like stems into how I got involved too, because like I got involved in the music program. Cause I think it's important to, to find like your, your niche and like where, where you feel you fit in, and I just, I just felt I, I fit into the music department, and then I did the, the, you know, the stage play. And yeah, I wasn't a popular kid. I was, I was anything but a popular kid. But it was like that moment of, oh, hey, I just did this, this play on stage, and then everyone started saying, hey, Mark, what's up? And I was like, I don't know you, like, <laughs> what, what? Oh, hey, you know? And I was like, and I thought that was kind of a neat thing. Um, and so I think that was kind of what, what started it all. Um, and that's probably why I gravitated more towards towards theater and 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 then film and television film and television wasn't something I was really akin or, or used to even doing in mm-hmm. fact it wasn't even until I got out here in 2013 when I had actually done anything that I was I'm just trying to think that I was filmed upon I mean I'd done a little other little movie back a couple of years previous where we drove down in caravan down to like Connecticut to be like extras in the back of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like my first four, uh, foyer into that. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I got out here, I, had, I, didn't even have real footage, you know, like that's a big thing as an actor. They want to see what you look like on film and how you act and I didn't have those things. And it's like, well, how do you do that? You know? And so like, it's, it's been a, it's been a long learning process. Um, mm-hmm. and I think, I think the biggest thing that I've learned is theater actors, can transition from theater to television pretty easily. They have to, they have to pull back their expressions and their sound Mm -hmm. and, you know, because like, you know, you have to remember that the camera's right up on you. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think sometimes film actors who only ever studied film have a little bit trouble when they get to stage, just because they need to be, they need to be bigger. They need to reach out to the back of the audience and like sometimes Mm -hmm. little subtle face motions that they don't read, you know, Mm -hmm. other than the first like row of the theater. Mm -hmm. So
2: so, uh when you talk about the like the nervous energy when you're auditioning uh what kind of energy then when you're actually on set uh when you start to film a movie? are you nervous then is it more nervous or are you more like laid back since uh once you're there
0: you know it it's kind of twofold I think with any production or anything that you work in um you uh you you walk into a scenario being like. I, this might not be. This is not their very first day of filming. Like everyone has been filming. Like for instance, when I went on the little set, they had already been filming twenty four, twenty eight days. Mm-hmm. So like everyone knew everyone. Like all the sound, the crew, you know, hair, makeup, like all the actors. Like they were familiar with everyone. However, then all of a sudden they bring you know us in, and when I say us, I mean myself and the other JSI employees. Um, you know, we didn't know we didn't know each other let alone the rest of the cast. And so that there's like this like nervous moment, like being like, cool. Well, I know I'm going to be here for the next like two weeks. Like I'm hoping that these people I work with are really awesome. You know, I hope that they're, you know, fun to play around with and, you know, and I can enjoy and get to learn who they are and maybe I'll learn something, you know, maybe i will make a really neat connection. And maybe from this point on, like, we'll continue to do work in the future. You know, so there's that added element of like, you know, are they going to like me? Am I going to like them? Is this going to be a fun experience? And plus it's like, I've never worked with this director before. You know, um, I have this line now and, you know, you all of a sudden walk in and, and everything is sought, you know, shot out of order. So it's like, okay, this is this scene. So, you know, I have to remember the reason I'm going to be acting this way in this scene is because this happened, but we haven't done that yet. So I have to, you know, be on point for this. And so there's the moments of like, you know, okay, I hope everyone, you know, likes me. And and I was super nervous, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I knew that going into it, like I was – the, the very first day on set, like my first day on set, I didn't have any lines. So I wasn't so as nervous. Cause I was like, okay, I'm going to be here and d- be seen in the background doing some stuff. But like my lines weren't until the next day. So I was like, okay, I don't have to worry about. It. So I was a little less nervous because the focus wasn't on me. Um, you know, and then when the focus was on me, I was like, okay, here we go. And, but I think what what it is, is that once you, once you start to feel comfortable with everyone, uh, you, the nerves go away and then movie magic can really happen, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I think, I think that's one of the, one of the awesome things is after I moved out here, I started, um, I took the whole second city improv um, program that, that was available. I went through their whole program and so I'm now a graduate of the second city and, you know, and because it was theater based and, you know, being able to take an idea from someone and, and yes, and that idea and, and have fun and, you know, and the director, Tina, Tina Gordon was amazing with that. She was also the writer, but she allowed us to, to play. So like Issa, Issa Rae and I got to, you know, to improv together. And then Regina Hall and I had a moment where we got to improv together. And, and it was just knowing that Tina saw what I could do, trusted me with her work and then allowed me to, to take it and, and in the moment, make it what made it into the film, you know, I think those things are, are, are super great. And those, sometimes those are things you can't write, you know? Um, but, but yeah, like that, that nervous element isn't as much as like, but I guess it's the same thing when you're on stage, right? Like, so like that nervous energy I talked about at the beginning, like for me, it would start at the beginning, right before the curtain opens. And then, then you ride that wave till the end of act one, when the curtain closes. So like, you don't let it affect you anymore. You're just having a blast. You know, everything you're going to do when, act two starts that nervous energy comes back again for a second and then you ride that to the very end it's you know it's almost like you know getting a high each time and 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 riding it through and then just enjoying the the journey through its whole thing with the audience Um, yeah and and it's a little different when it comes to film and television though Mm -hmm. um you know because you have a lot of downtime too you know Mm -hmm. it's like oh hold on we gotta we gotta get this new angle uh, so let's set up this scene. Uh, you guys can go to crafty. We'll be back in like 15. You know, was like oh, okay. <laughs> you know? Um. Mm-hmm.
2: So when you're, when you do the ad libbing with the Issa Rae and, and Regina Hall, uh, do you know which scenes actually make the, make the movie until you see the movie? I,
0: uh, you know, here's the thing. I, you don't really, you mm-hmm. just know sometimes like, Ooh, that was a really good ad lib and everyone was cracking up or everyone was trying not to break and not to laugh. Mm-hmm. and, you know, you're like, ah, they might use that one, or they might use this one, and then even in, like, for instance, like, after we filmed, we, fi- we finished the movie in July. Um, They, we did some reshoots in January, and then they called me in end of January to go in and do some ADR uh, for, like, recording my voice uh, mm-hmm. for some certain things, in- <laughs> and even then, some of the scenes I saw that I recorded ADR in weren't even in the final product, so, Um, it's, I think what it is is that they had a lot of different options. And then I think what they do is they probably like, I know what they do is they have test audiences that could just sit in and sign NDA saying they're not going to discuss it. And then they have like, you know, feedback with them be like, Hey, did you like this scene? Did you not like this scene? And they might have little, little different takes here and they have executives that come in and say, no, do you have a better take of that? Oh yeah, we do. And so they can pull from that, you know? And so like often, you know, I didn't know what the final product was going to be until the very end. Like, and I had already seen some stuff and I was like, oh, okay, cool. That made it in. And then it wasn't in the, the final product at the end of the movie, which, you know, and, and that's fine. You know, I think altogether it's like, I think at that point, there's so many different people who have a say, um, that, uh, that what the final product isn't, isn't just one person design, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's multiple people who have had multiple say's and, you know, in different avenues.
2: Yeah. So um Marseille, uh, Martin who plays um Regina Hall's character as a child. Yes. Uh when you when you're with her, uh what's that dynamic like since she she's a younger actor uh but playing an adult?
0: You know, um it was it it really didn't seem much different.
1: Mm-hmm. And what
0: I mean by that is she is incredibly mature for her age. Um you know, and, and I often found myself forgetting that she wasn't an adult just because of how she acts. You mm-hmm. know, super, super very mature, um, you know, like I, I actually think that I was probably more, more, more immature than she was sometimes. Just You know, like, uh, but uh, my, my, my interactions, I wish there had been more because uh, primarily the char- my character Scott um, is with the old, with, uh, with, Re- with Regina Hall the mm-hmm. older you know, the older character um Jordan um and then there's one little scene where where I'm there where where young Jordan shows up um so I didn't unfortunately I didn't have as much time as I would have loved to have with her but mm-hmm. the time I did have is she was just an incredible little young lady and a, you know and just amazing like mm-hmm. and you know this is something that I thought too you know this is my very first time being on a you know on a movie set like a bit of, of this level, you know, I had done mm-hmm. some other, like, you know, independence and Indies and, you know, some other things and, you know, and, and some with, you know, some, you know, substantial budgets, but this was the one that, you know, this was like a, you know, a big major motion picture. And mm-hmm. I didn't see any diva And when I, and when I don't mean the word diva being just female, I mean sure. male or female, like I didn't see any of that coming from anyone. And when I say anyone, I don't even mean just the cast. I mean, from the crew, like I really like i i didn't I didn't notice any drama I mean often when you have theater or when you have film or television, a lot of drama happens in the back that you that you don't even see on stage and i I didn't notice that on this set like you know um I thought it was everyone had something to gain from this everyone it was it was a lot of firsts for a lot of different people you know um especially Marseille you know being the the youngest executive producer in Hollywood. you mm-hmm. know um such a smart little business lady that she is mm-hmm. yeah so uh, yeah yeah i was just say about uh
2: we see you uh, know like an attitude a, a diva attitude uh just from doing the show i always sometimes i'll get nervous if it's like a like i had david hasselhoff on a couple weeks ago yeah or, and, and yeah. it's like it's like oh i don't know. like man this is a big purple but, but uh usually like the bigger st- stars uh are very down to earth and, and I guess it's a uh, professionalism, I mean, you know, uh, and they take away like that nervousness right away.
0: No, you, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, I, I, and I think like, for instance, like when I was working with, with Isa and Regina, um, and even, uh, a really good buddy of mine now, Tone Bell, um, you know, uh, there, I mean, Tone is up and coming, he, he's already he's already coming but he's up and coming you know mm-hmm. and like i mean you know just having a moment to sit there and talk and you know and and we knew the same friends out here in los angeles and and we bonded and then you know and regina being open to you know to improv ideas and stuff and and isa you know having a moment to sit around and, and we all talked about like what we were thankful for it and you know and and, and and it was just it was just a neat bonding experience like everyone was there to do their job yes but you know, mm-hmm. everyone was there to treat everyone with respect. And, you know, th- that's a big thing for me. You know, I, you know, I, I want every, I, I, treat, I try to treat people the way that I prefer to be treated. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think, yeah, th- there was, and I didn't see any of that coming from really anyone. Yeah. Um, yeah.
2: So, uh, actually how, how close is your character in the movie to, to yourself?
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, <laughs> So I would say Scott the character that I play is he's exaggerated from myself personally but you know uh he he referring to Scott is a uh, is low self-esteem he has really great ideas but doesn't really know how to express himself and I and I feel like you know um if he had a more nurturing and accepting boss um that things could really take off for him. But unfortunately he, he doesn't have a backbone. He doesn't stand up for himself. And, uh, and he gets walked over a lot of, you know, a lot of the time. Um, and I'd say that I I feel like every character that I play, and I can't speak for all actors, but I feel like this tends to be the case. There are elements of you in every character that you do. Um, you know, you, because that's, that's what you draw upon. That's what you, you know, understand the most. And you can, um, you can bring your personal experiences to that character, but then you have to look at like, Hey, who am I? Who is Scott? You know? And I feel like Scott would probably be, if I was to pull myself out of my body back when I was probably a freshman in high school, that's who Scott is. (laughs) Um, you, you know, and oh. I, I, didn't, the question, that's a really good question. Cause I didn't think, I didn't make that correlation till right now. Um, because that was me, you know, I, I, I was had very low self-confidence, you know, you didn't really know. I got picked on quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I didn't stand up for myself. Uh, I just kind of let people, you know, bully me or talk to me in certain ways. And, and, and I didn't like confrontation, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and very, very much Scottisms, you know and unfortunately people have those today you know um and i think you just get pushed to a certain point where you just like you know actually i'm not going to take this anymore and uh and or you realize i don't want to be around these people i don't need to be around these people um and uh i'm definitely not that way now you know Mm -hmm. i've become i'm becoming way, way more outspoken um when when i see injustices or or certain things happen around you know um but uh but, yeah, I guess I guess that's uh, – Scott is closest to my high
1: school self. Um,
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> that's so silly. I never thought about that. Yeah. I uh, you just said there, do you think that's a, a reason why so- these kind of stories uh, uh, hit people sometimes about, you know, because there's been a stories like this a few times where uh, an older per they wake up and they're a kid, or verse, right, vice versa, they wake up and they're, and they're older, because uh, not only just it would be weird all of a sudden you're a kid, but – uh, there's something about when you're younger about yourself that like, oh, I don't want to go back to that time, you know, as a different person.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think that's probably what gravitates people towards these body swap comedies is, is mm-hmm. what I see being coined coined now, you know, um, and and I think I think. I think what it is is that you, you relive your, your past experiences by watching this movie, and you instantly gravitate towards, oh, yeah, I was like that person. Oh, yeah, I was awkward. Oh, yeah, I didn't understand how life worked. And but the other, the other side of the coin is, I think sometimes it's great to go back and look at those moments because I think as adults, we all forget we need to play like a child. You know, mm-hmm. we need to not worry about all the bills and, and horrible adultisms, you know, and, and mm-hmm. just like life in general. Like you need to get out, you need to have fun, you need to play. And I think that's what movies do now. Movies are you know, they they take those 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 moments for you to be like, Hey, that was me and even though there were a lot of horrible things from that time, mm-hmm. there were a lot of great moments from that time. And they shaped me to be who I am. And hopefully, and I don't know if it, you know, if this did to anyone, but hopefully someone, if someone watched that movie and they weren't a very nice person, I would hope they would be like, hey, wow, that's like me. Or they might even not even realize, but then honestly, <laughs> right. I would hope that uh-huh. that it would affect them in a way that, be, you know, maybe I should treat so and so a little bit better today. Because maybe I don't know what's going on in their lives. I, you know, so I should maybe not let what's happening in my life affect them.
2: hmm. So uh, when did you see the the finished movie for the first time?
0: So the first time I saw the finished uh, product was it would have been at the Atlanta premiere. So it would have been first week in April. I'm thinking actually, yeah, either man I can't remember. I would say the 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 last week in March or the first week in April. Um, and uh, flew to Atlanta for the for the the red carpet and the premiere. And it was in a regal cinema and every seat was full. Every seat was full. Um, you know, and uh and it was neat. It was really, really neat to sit there and, and watch it for the first time and you know, Issa was there, Regina was there, Marseille was there, um, Tina was there, Will Packer was there, you know, a lot of the like a lot of like the people a lot of the like the main cast were there. Um and so it was really neat just to be to be there in the in the location it was shot, you know, with people who who were really excited about seeing this movie. Um, so I think I think that was like, and it was really neat for the first time to see it in its entirety. Um, and so I think what was also neat about it was I got to see it in three different, three very different venues. And what I mean by that is I saw it in Atlanta, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and then. A week and a half later, at the LA premiere, we watched it here in LA, and the Atlanta audience is very different than the LA audience, and it's just interesting to see the types of audiences where they laugh versus where the other, you know, where the other laughs landed in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then a week after that, I decided to do like a little like, you know, viewing with a whole bunch of my friends. It was just hey guys, I'm going to be at this theater at this time. If you guys want to come and check it out with me. You know, and and that was even a little bit more smaller and intimate viewing. And it's funny, I I kind of loved the smaller, more intimate viewing better. I don't know why, but I think it was because I had seen it for I had seen it three times in a row. But there were other jokes that I had missed that I hadn't seen in the first two viewings because people were laughing at bigger jokes. So like, especially Issa's delivery is absolutely amazing, and she's got so many like little like sort of like one afters like that come after the joke that like when the, when the full audience is like laughing, laughing, they miss those little extra jokes. Um, and so I thought that was, it was just neat. It was the very first time I got to sit and watch it in three very different, I mean, three very different locations. Number one, yeah. three very different audiences. And I got to see, you know, if, you know, if, if my bits landed with people, uh, you know, and, and certain things. So I just, I thought that was, that was a really, Really neat thing I got to do and sit there and and watch that happen with those different audiences.
2: Yeah, definitely. That is very interesting. Is it's, uh, it's
0: um, <clears throat> it it is always curious. Like
2: do movies play different uh, depending you know where they play? Uh, not only in the country but in the world. But and uh, I know from doing uh, festivals, I've been doing movie festivals for a while. Is uh, uh, sometimes the movies when I ask like the director or whatever stuff that they they wanted to be funny doesn't get a laugh or something they thought was serious gets a laugh and it always uh, is different from, uh, depending where, where they watch it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's so true. Um, for little, there's a, there's a scene between Regina Hall and I, um, and it's where I'm trying to eat an apple, um, during the pitch meeting and she's just had a whole shit storm drop on her about like Connor came in and, you know, he's one of the the top uh, financers of her company he wants this new app and she doesn't have it for him. And so she, she has so to kick the dog syndrome. Right. So, mm-hmm. so she gets kicked. She comes into us. We're sitting around. I'm just trying to eat an apple in the pitch meeting. And of course she then calls me out for eating the apple. And, uh, and she takes this apple from me and, you know, licks the whole apple completely. And, uh, and then gives it back to me and then makes me eat it in front of everyone. Um, and, uh, it's, so, it was so interesting to see that bit. Cause I think that was like the biggest laugh that I got, but it was, it was, it was neat to see the different audiences and in their reactions, like, especially in Atlanta, in Atlanta, like, Oh my God, everyone was like, Oh no. Oh, ah! you know? <laughs> and then like, you know, um, and then, uh, and then in LA it was a little bit more, you know, subdued because it's LA. So everyone has to be like, Oh, ha. Oh, oh. <laughs> you know, like, you know, I mean, we can't pretend we're enjoying this movie as much as we are. But, you know, uh-huh. um, and then and, and then in the in the little more in the, the little more like a quiet theater space, like with, with some of my friends and stuff, it didn't get as big of a laugh as I had been used to seeing. And I kind of mm-hmm. thought, oh, man, is this movie not as good as I thought it was, you know, And, uh-huh. and but, then, but then it was other things that started working. And then I realized I'm like, it doesn't matter, but it's just me learning this, you know, now. Like, it's just, it's neat to see the different reactions of people. And so, but it, it stayed in and it did resonate with a lot of people. And the big question that a lot of people asked me, they were just like, so did they, did they switch out the apple? And I said, (laughs) no, they didn't, they did not switch out all 12 of those
2: apples.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Because they, you know, I think most people forget how many times you do a scene, you know, and, and, uh, and so that was just, it was just great though. Like it just. I think it added to the element, and if you really watch it, you can see Regina, where she licks the apple, you can see that it's not exactly where Scott bites the apple, where right. I bite the apple, but at the same time, I'm like, we're fine, it's just a little bit of spit, and it's a clean apple, you right. know? Like, I, I was like, I feel worse for her, I hope they cleaned those apples before they made her lick it, you, you know? Right.
2: <laughs> right, no one thinks of that, they just think of you uh, biting no. it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yes, exactly. Like, oh God, uh, oh, uh, you know. Um.
2: <laughs> uh, did your I assume your parents? Did your parents uh, see you little?
0: They did. They did. Unfortunately, I was. I always wished that they could come out here. You know, my mom doesn't like flying, and so I was like, Mom, you should come out. You should come out. She's like, No, I'm going to stay here. I was like, Okay, fine, but you're still going to come out at some point. So I'm going to get her out here. Um, but they they went and they saw it, and it was actually up. And like now, the cool thing about so the interesting thing is that. There's a certain amount of theaters that movies get released in. Um, so, like, you know, like Shazam uh, was in like 4,000 some theaters, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and then uh, Little uh, was in about like 2,300 theaters, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so not as many as Shazam, but uh, one of them was Messina, and I wasn't sure based on you know, the rural location of Messina. And at one point in time, we didn't even have a theater, uh, you know. So um, we have the new theater now, you know. There, and I was just, I was just impressed that it actually, um, that it actually uh, was there in Messina, you know. So my both mm-hmm. my parents and they, they grabbed my, my grandma and uh, and they all went to go see this movie. Um, and uh, and some of her like uh, you know red hat friends came to see <laughs> the movie too, uh-huh. uh, you know. And uh, and so like yeah, they got to see it in this in this little theater up in Messina this Messina theater that somehow doesn't use, doesn't take credit cards all cash pay. Like I was like, <laughs> you know, I was like, oh man, Messina. I love Messina. I do. I love going home to visit, but you know. <laughs>
2: right. Yeah. Now do they watch all your, uh, I assume they would since your are parents, but do they watch all the stuff you're in.
0: For the most part. I mean, there's been some, there's, there's been like, for instance, I, uh, I helped, um, I, I, I co wrote another feature film called Ava's Impossible Things.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um and it's an and it's an LGBT film which released back in two thousand sixteen at HBO's Outfest. Um and uh that was up on Am uh it's released through Gravitas and is up on Amazon and uh I'm trying to think where else. I think it's on YouTube to rent as well. Um in Vimeo. Um they didn't see that. It wasn't that they, you know, they didn't want to. I just, I Mm just didn't really push that for them, you know, um, you know, but it's one of those things like they, I, they tend to watch most things that they can watch or that, that are available to them. Like, you know, like they wouldn't necessarily be able to understand, Oh, let me go on YouTube and rent this movie to watch on YouTube. Or Mm -hmm. let me turn on the TV and go to Vimeo and then find this on Vimeo and then put in my credit card. So it's like things like that. Like they haven't actually seen You know, um, but, uh, but yeah, for the most part, if it's on TV and I'll tell them when it is, like, like I was in Greece live, they, uh, they turned it on and they were watching along while it was happening when we were shooting Greece live out here and, uh, you know, and, and some stuff and some other things that when they can do. And if, and if I do get a clip, I'll try to like text it to them and be like, Hey guys, check this out. You know? Um, but yeah, it was, it's nice. It's always nice to, to have support from, from family at home.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like uh, for Grease Greece uh, live, uh, so for, like how how many times do you have to rehearse it, and uh, then when you actually
0: do go live, uh, like what's that experience like? So because I love musicals and musical theater, like it was like any experience I've ever done. Um, you know, I uh, I just wanted to be involved in it in any way that I possibly could, and so. For us, for us, the rehearsal process was two and a half weeks straight. Um, and the the leads, I was not one of the leads, but the, the leads had been rehearsing, I think, probably right bef- like, end of November, beginning of December. Um, and it was, sh- and the interesting thing, it was for Fox, I think, right? Like, uh, I think it was for Fox, but it was shot on the, the Warner Brothers lot. Um, and so that was just neat in itself, being able to like, you know, park in the garage and be on the Warner brother lot, most of the time, um, to, to do rehearsals. And we were in the, the gym, the, you know, the, the gym scene and, and Mario Lopez was there and, you know, so it was just, um, it was a lot of neat things, you know, like we were able to, it's also, it's also, it's also hard to, because the thing is, is that all the sets and the props are all physical locations. They're not all one location where, like, when you're on, you know, theater, it's like, ooh, either we change the backdrop or we bring in scenery, you know, or, you know, someone, you know, that's all right there. Like, this was, like, multiple locations around this the studio lot. And because it was being filmed live, things, people had to be in certain locations and ready to go at this time um, and then go over here and ready to go. And plus it was, like, lots of, like, ooh, let me hop in this golf cart now so I can – rush over to the next studio lot to get changed to then get on set for this so it was a lot of like it's everything's like clockwork you know Mm -hmm. um and i guess and i guess the other thing is too is that they had recorded many rehearsals so that in the event that something happened where a camera went down or someone got hurt it didn't like completely derail the live performance they were able to play something that you know, was pre-recorded. Now that didn't happen. Luckily for us, I know in some other instances in other, the live musicals, they've had to do some of that stuff because someone got hurt, but you know, that, that didn't happen for us. Um, but it was just a really neat experience, you know, to, to be there and to see how it's done. Now, I think the interesting thing and the, the added element that's hard for the actors is like when you're doing, when you're performing any musical, a lot of the time you get audience feedback, right? Mm-hmm. Because the the audience in the house is there and you can hear them cheering or laughing at your jokes. But well, mm-hmm. when you're doing it live, no one's there but the camera crew, and they've seen you do this like a thousand times already. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they're it's- not laughing, and because if they do, then their laugh goes through like the sound pickup. <laughs> right. So right. It's kind of, It's kind of. So you have no. You have no idea. you you, you can't gauge your performance. Uh-huh. Based on audience reaction, it's it's like it's like completely dead and silent. Like you're singing like hand jive, and like <laughs> no one is right. like clapping. It's uh-huh. you know it's <laughs> so it's it's like this it's like a whole different experience that I've ever experienced. Um, yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite song from it's, Greece?
0: Oh, uh, man, uh, you know I think so, I think summer loving. Yeah, uh, I think that's. Just, I think, but I think that's just because everyone gravitates towards that one if they're going to go do like karaoke. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, <Right. laughs> it's, like, it's like the famous karaoke. It's like the famous karaoke song. Oh. Um, I really like that one. Yeah, I would say yeah. that that's just probably the one that I that I gravitate towards the most as well. Yeah, yeah. Um,
2: <laughs> but, but, by the way, do you have, do you have a go to karaoke song? You you finish what you're going to say, then I'll ask it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. So. Number one rule for me is I don't love karaoke,
1: but uh-huh.
0: if I'm if I'm gonna do karaoke, it, my my tend to go to karaoke song. This is so silly. Is I believe in life after love by Cher. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Uh-huh. I don't know why, but but I have to tell you, and I think the reason this is my go to song, um, after one of the shows that I had done, we all went out to this karaoke bar, and this is like wappingers falls area in new york uh you know and uh and it was one of those bars that i'm like i don't want to sing i don't want to sing and like one of my friends thought it was gonna be really funny to sign me up to sing and just picked that song uh-huh. right and threw it up threw it up to the karaoke guy and like we were there for a little bit and just hanging out and having a good time and someone gets on the mic and up next is uh mark people even live after love by there i was like no no, no, no. And of course I got pushed up there and he handed me the mic and I was like, Oh, okay. 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 So all of a sudden I'm like, no matter how hard you try. Right. And I'm trying to sing, I'm singing this thing. Right. And then what, uh-huh. and there's a circle of people around me. Now this is what happens in my mind. Right. And I'm not, I'm not making this up. This biker guy pushes through the circle of people, <laughs> stares at me. And as I'm singing, I'm thinking,
1: do you believe in life? That guy's going to kill me now? Like, I literally
0: thought, I'm like, he's going to kill me. He's going to kill me. He's going to, like, beat me up. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm dead. And he walks up to me. You know, and he's got tats. And he's got, like, you know, like, scars. And, and all of a sudden, he breaks out at the most, like, crazy, like, belly dance around me I've ever seen. Like, he just joins in. It was like, <laughs> And he just, and then, like. You know, and I just had this moment of okay, cool, and then we finished this song together, and I'm like, this is a movie. Like, I'm like, <laughs> what? Like
1: uh-huh. this?
0: I did not make this up. Like, I, I kid you not. Like, and, and then he gave me a hug, and he was like, nice job, man. And I was like, I was like, oh man, I thought I was dead, dude. I, like, <laughs> I was like, I'm seeing. I, I, believe in life after love at a biker bar, and I'm like, uh-huh. it's like I just like ran his motorcycle over outside, like, you know, like. But I think I like, that's my that's my. That's my go-to karaoke song,
2: definitely. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish someone would have captured that uh, on uh, on video. Right? On YouTube, I know. So, yeah, I
0: know. Sweet. <laughs> maybe now. M- maybe now, because of your podcast, it's gonna happen.
2: That's exactly true. Yeah. you <laughs> have to go around the Baker <laughs> bars and then keep doing it to hopefully you can uh, at yeah. the moment.
0: Yeah, and I'll I'll let you know in a couple of weeks I am. <laughs> right, right. Hopefully, I uh,
2: hopefully you don't end up getting beat up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. I know.
2: <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so uh, while I was checking your IMDb, I noticed uh you know like you've done some uh a lot of uh, different things, like some horror, stuff some sci-fi stuff. Uh do you have a preference or do you just like to do uh well, you know whatever kind of genre it is?
0: You know, um I think my preference is what I feel most gravitated towards and that's comedy. Um, I feel, I feel most comfortable in comedy. And, uh, and I think, I think that, that stems from the fact of like, if, if you're, if you're funny, you allow people to laugh at you as opposed to people laughing at you and, and you not wanting them to. And I think that stems back into me being in, in my high school mark, you know, once I learned that I could make a joke and if I made the joke and I allowed people to laugh, not only at me, but with me, then it completely changed my, my outlook and, and ideals in, in mm-hmm. terms of like how, how to be around people. Um, you know, and, uh, and I think that's probably why it's so ingrained in me and, uh, and why I gravitate towards it. And I just, I, in general, I just like being funny. I, I I, like laughing. I like having a good time. You know, I like telling stories to people like that. And so like things that like, I think people will find funny or people will laugh with me. Um, and so that's what I tend to gravitate towards. Um, but I've been lucky enough to do some sci-fi stuff mm-hmm. and in some little, a little bit of fantasy and some horror things. Um, I love all those genres and I'd love to play in all of those genres. I think I'd love to do a little bit more fantasy stuff, but I always find myself gravitating towards comedy just because it comes so naturally and easy to me. Um, And, uh, and it's just something I really love doing. Um, Yeah. I just, uh, yeah, I just, I I would, I would like to, to do some other things, but I think, I think what it is, I think as an actor, when you're first starting out, it's super important to find that one thing you do well. And then it allows um, allows other people to to be like, oh, they do that. I'd love to see them do this, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, yeah,
2: now, I actually saw that you were in uh, one of the uh, the Killjoy movies, Kill uh, Killjoy, Psycho Circus, and uh, <laughs> yes. I, I uh, I've uh, I've interviewed Batty Boop herself, Victoria Demar, several times. Oh, really? Once. Yeah, yeah. It's very, she's That's
0: right. Cool. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was that was. That was interesting. That was a lot of fun. And it was, um, it was, for me, it was a one day shoot. So it was something really, really small. Um, but, uh, actually they actually ended up filming like a mile and a half away from where I live here in Glendale. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, I didn't even know where they were going to be. I just, you know, I, I had seen the, the audition and I had submitted for it and, and then they were like, hey, congratulations. Well, actually what happened was is that I was with a different management at the time and I had changed my stuff, but they contacted them asking if or trying to like, you know, say, Oh, Hey, Mark is uh Mark's been booked. And they're like, Oh, we no longer rep him. So it was like one of those things I was like, Oops. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, uh, and so like, of course they then passed the information on to me, but that, that was, that was kind of a neat little, a neat little thing. I, I very much enjoyed doing, doing that. And, um, and yeah, it was just, I think, I think the cool thing was, is what, uh, what they, what they do with Killjoy. Um, is a lot of the time they have a lot, you know, they have like this like cult following and Mm -hmm. they allowed a lot of their, so in the scene I was in, uh, I was one of the actual paid actors, but then there was quite a lot of like extras that were just fans of the Killjoy series Mm -hmm. that were also there and got to be, um, in that scene with us. So like, you know, they were just excited to be, to be there and, you know, to, to be involved and, and, uh, and it was a, it was a neat little, neat little, uh, Neat little scene while Killjoy is like addressing all the crowd, um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Um, yeah, but Victoria is awesome.
2: Yeah, yeah, she's <laughs> very cool. So, <laughs> uh, plus, she's uh, t- she for anyone who doesn't know and not seen her, or if they have seen, they don't know this. She is completely uh, her her whole costume is painted on.
0: Yes, it so, absolutely yeah. is. <laughs> uh-huh.
2: Which I asked about, so you could go and listen to the interview and find out how, uh, how what it's like to be tagged in a painted suit. Yeah, so, uh, I love this title. I just was looking over uh, Vampire Brutally Murders an Innocent Man. That seems like, and it's a short, so in, in my mind, they just t- told you the whole plot of the movie. I don't know.
0: It, you absolutely did. Now, the big <laughs> question is, if you've noticed, there's two people uh, who are who are credited as the yeah. actor in that? So it's a vampire and a brutal and a, and a, and an uh, an innocent man, and mm. so the the question is mm. who is who? Right. Yeah. Uh yeah. huh.
2: Is it um, is it her no. the, the vampire or, or Dragola the vampire? Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, uh, it, it it is it is a it is a him. Um. Mm. So there's 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 two guys. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's it's an interesting an interesting uh, thing. I don't. Should I give it away? Um, it's up can to you. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't. Well, the thing is, is that I don't know. I don't know if anyone can actually find it on right. Because,
2: that's the thing with the um, shorts. So. Uh,
0: yeah, they it, it might be hard to find. Well, okay, I'll give it away then. The interesting thing is, is that like I look the way I do in in the short, and I'm this guy who's walking down a hallway to knock on this door, and uh, the other uh, the other guy in is. His house is very ominous; he looks like a vampire, however he is not the vampire mm, I like it dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so yeah, so that was really neat because I was like I got to play exactly something opposite that you wouldn't expect um, uh-huh. and uh yeah, so that i was I was super stoked about that. I love things I think I love things that set up uh a reality with someone and then completely mm-hmm. uh you know, twist it at the end where you were not expecting anything. To happen yeah. like that. Yeah,
2: uh, I always wonder about the shorts because uh, actually I like shorts and they're a big part of uh, the festival scene. I do a lot of uh, underground festivals, but um, after like they have their festival run, like I always wonder what happens to them. Like, because you know, you can't really sell like a, a five minute DVD or like, do they just kind of disappear or do, do they pop up?
1: Uh, so-
0: Yeah. A lot of the times it depends on the reason the shorts are made. Sometimes shorts are made for proof of concept, um, which is what, uh, what we're doing right now, my writing partner and I, um, uh, and then other times, uh, shorts are, um, are made just because it's an idea they have and they just wanted to get it out, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes that idea is a little bit more of, Hey, this could become something. Um, you know, and I think what mm-hmm. people do is they make these they make these shorts and they submit them into festivals and you know, in and sh- and a short uh, is anything under thirty minutes. Um, right. So it can it can be twenty nine minutes, which most people think that's not a short. That's like a TV episode, which it could be, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but a short is anything under under thirty minutes long. Actually, it might be forty, but I'm pretty sure it's thirty. Anything under thirty minutes. Um, and uh, yeah, so the thing is, a lot of the time they may just live online. Um, they live on Vimeo sometimes or on YouTube if, you know, if they're owned by the, the certain people that, that want to put them up there. Sometimes they like, they do them. And then afterwards they're like, I don't like this work. So they hide it. You no. Know? Or <laughs> right. other times they, 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 they leave it up for people to see. And, you know, or other times they just, they just put it down and it disappears or goes on the, the, their directing reel, um, you know, uh, or producing reel or whatever, whatever real acting reel. Um, that's being used um but I, I think i think a big i think a big concept of shorts now is doing a short as um as a but a proof of concept where you say hey listen here's what we did with this amount of money and this idea and we have already written a feature film and we're extrapolating these characters from this feature, or from you know putting these characters in a different scenario, mm-hmm. and and it's the same type of genre and stuff. And then you throw it out there into the world and see like, hey, did it get any awards? Did people get attraction to it? You know, uh, you know, did this happen? Did this happen? And then from there, you can build you know uh, a, a bankroll to then be like, hey, you know what, we're going to do this. We're gonna we're gonna get these people attached. You know, either you know certain celebrities or you know, we're going to get this and we're going to do this. And, and so, I mean, that's how like, um, uh, whiplash happened. uh, Mm Um, that movie, uh, they, they did a little short version of that. And, um, and I think that's kind of what, uh, what we're doing at the moment, myself and my writing partner, Kyle Horn, you know, when we first moved out here, we started writing, uh, a, a feature, a featured comedy for ourselves. And we really, really had no idea what we were doing at the time that we started it. And, um, we met some really awesome people, and one of the guys, his name is Ken Rodkop. Uh, he's now passed away, but he uh, he was a huge mentor for us in terms of learning how to write and market and pitch our material to the point where we pitched the the feature film to uh, to a couple of investors, and a Chinese investor was interested and in actually purchased the film from us um, mm-hmm. to to be made over in China. Um, that's called produce this um, with an exclamation point on it. Um, and like, we like to say, it's like a cross between, um, the producers meets, uh, super bad. Um, <laughs> you know, and, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, and it's kind of based on, uh, on, a uh, on, on our, on our relationship that my writing partner and I shared, you know, like a bromance where we were, we were fast friends because we were both out here doing something we'd never done before in this crazy world called La La Land, which we'd never been in, you mm-hmm. know? And, uh, and so, uh, so we have retained the rights here in the U.S. and we are currently in pre-production of the short that we're going to do for that film, uh, that's called like The Adventures of Cam and Adam. Um, and uh, so we took our characters out of that and put them in a different scenario. And we're actually looking to shoot end of June, um, or sorry, end of end of May, beginning of June. Uh, and uh, and that's the thing we're going to we're going to run the festival circuit with it and uh, hope to get some, some investors behind it and some interest. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so it's, it's kind of an exciting time because, you know, I feel like in this industry now, you can't just be an actor. You Mm -hmm. have to, to, you have to look at your career in multifaceted ways being like, okay, I'm going to be my, my best pitcher of myself. I'm going to pitch myself the best I can. I'm going to you know, try to produce the content in the best way that I can. I'm going to try to make connections in this best way. And, you know, I'm going to write this stuff. And I think that's super important, you know, that uh, as an actor, now you have to like start finding multiple ways to have your voice heard. And, and it gives you lots of opportunities, but also, like I said, it becomes like, you know, it becomes an 80 hour, 90 hour work week with, with minimal pay to begin with, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it's just, you know, each, each step and connection you make is another thing that allows you to, uh, to, to make it to the next level. And, and each level is another learning, learning thing. So I think that's, that's been a really interesting process in this, this, this whole past five years of me being in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm.
2: Have you had a uh, film before in the, in the festival scenes on the festival run?
0: Um, personally, I have not that mm-hmm. I've been in. Um, I mean, other than, um, it was impossible things. I I was in it, and it and it went through Outfest, which is uh, HBO, which is which is a kind of a festival, but it's it's not like cans or anything like that. Um. So I I other than that, I haven't had I haven't been in or have written any um any festival running circuit uh circuit short. So you know, uh, and my writing partner Kyle, who's also an actor, if I can think about it, he hasn't either. So it's kind of like this new, this new Genre, this new world that we're hopping into to learn the ins and outs of. And like, you know, like with everything, there's a hierarchy in that as well, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like sometimes even just getting accepted is a big feat because sometimes mm-hmm. like they look at so many different submissions and like, they won't, you know, they won't accept certain things based on certain parameters or it's too long or, you know, so there's, there's lots of different stuff. Um, mm-hmm. yeah,
2: I know. Uh, cause like, I, um, so if you know, I also do a horror movie podcast. And so I do a lot of uh, horror festivals or underground uh, festivals. Oh, cool. And uh, even those who not necessarily, well, some of them are pretty big, like uh, Fright Fest in London's huge. But uh, even some of the smaller ones, like they'll get thousands of uh, of submissions. So I was wondering, like, how, how do you even go through to watch all those? So it is a big deal to, to even get accepted because obviously they can't show 2000, you know, uh, uh, even short films
0: yeah, they wouldn't even have the space to do that or the time mm-hmm. because often, often like, you know, I guess in my mind, when I first started thinking about like, Oh, a movie festival, like I didn't, I didn't think I'm like, Oh, it's just in like a regal, like, you know, like, right, right. you know, but like, but, but I, I, I don't know what I saw. I don't know if I thought, Oh, they set up tents outside and serve everyone wine as they watch this movie. Like, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, uh, but it's, yeah, it's just one of those things that they, you know, that they would they would literally run out of time for all the content that's created. Um, that's
2: what really yeah. I had no. I didn't know that you did a, a horror podcast. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, so, w- w- it's, uh without your head is the horror show. Inside your head is. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah, We're, whoever That's, I think. I like that. In yeah, <laughs> thank you. Appreciate it. <sighs> but yeah, then uh, a cheap plug for myself. I uh, my my short film that I'm in uh, is going to premiere. I think it's the first one that oh, ho- happens to happenstance horror festival in Haverhill, Massachusetts next month. So. I'm very excited about. Oh, cool! That.
0: What's it? What's it called?
2: Uh, now you put me on the spot. I did not name it, and I, I'm I'm always <laughs> uh, I'm in it. I didn't make it. Uh, and Am- ambilicus desidero, which is uh, it's a long title, but it's Latin cool. for without belly button. So. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a short documentary based on, uh, the real fact that I did lose my belly button. But uh, I'll just what? say that. it's uh, <laughs> uh, so it's kind of a long story. I got sick three years ago, very sick. Then I lost, uh, I had to get uh, emergency surgery, surgery, excuse me, <coughs> to remove uh, 14 inches of my colon. I recovered from that. Oh my gosh. Uh, from the incisions, I got a lot of hernias, uh, 12 hernias, which were repaired, uh, just a few, about uh, in January, uh, from that surgery is very extensive. Uh, I lost my belly button, so I have no belly button, because uh, they had to, like, reform my stomach and everything. And so it's a documentary wow. about that, but uh, I don't want to spoil it for anyone if they go see it. But it's uh, not necessarily yeah. uh, what you think it is. Anyway, it, uh, I hope people dig it. It's very uh, it's very odd.
0: Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's Wow, well, I'm glad you're okay.
2: Thank you. I am too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um and I and you're gonna have to send me the link and when and if I, I can w- if, if I'm available to watch it because I'd love to.
2: All right, cool. Yeah. I'll I will. I uh, will keep you to that. After the show, I'll get your uh, I'll get your email address. And I'll send, and I'll send it to you. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So, where can people follow you and find out about uh, uh What was the name of the the short you're doing?
0: Uh, the show that we're doing right now is called uh, "The Adventures of Cam and Adam: The okay. Great Printer Fiasco." I love it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, let, let me, let me give you a little, a little pitch about it. So what it okay. is is that these two guys, Cam and Adam, they work at an office supply store job in Hollywood. Um, so like, like a, like a home Depot, not a home depot. What am I saying? Uh, an office supplies. So like, uh, I can staples. There we go. My brain is, I keep wanting to call it like, we call it office stop. That's the, that's the, the, the thing we, we made this office stop. So, but it's like a staples and they're on a routine, uh, House call to fix a broken printer. However, they both don't really care about their jobs, and they stumble into the wrong house. And it just so happens that this printer is also there, and so they're like going through their like daily antics with one another. And they end up fixing a printer for the Chinese mafia. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so th- that's it. That, that's 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 where the that's where the that's the little pitch about it. So,
2: I like. I like it. We're um,
0: curious to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so, yeah. I guess uh, my my Twitter is hawz hawz um at hawz hawz and my my Facebook is uh, Mark Hawes and uh, my Instagram is a, a, at Mark Hawz as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So it's easy to find. Just put Mark Hawz, you should find it with the C.
0: With a C, exactly. So a lot of people do K uh-huh. with
2: a C C. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's very cool. I really enjoyed talking to you. I had a lot of fun. Hey, I enjoy talking with you, bro.
1: All my high school friends are off in college now. And I get high and watch TV all day. Living in my mother's basement's really not that bad. I got everything I need and I don't pay. I was doing fine when I was still a kid. Swapping baseball cards and playing ball. Then came high school classes that I couldn't understand. them but i say not now no not right now when they say i need to get a life i we hey.